0: Welcome back to the Fan Fiction Tapes. I'm your host today, Maya. Pronouns she, her. And today I'm joined by...
1: Dylan. And I guess my pronouns are he, him.
2: I hope so. <laughs> uh, Wiffled. Uh, we, us. It's actually he, him.
3: And I am the producer, Ian. My pronouns are he, him.
0: All right. Today's episode is a trope roundtable on all myths are true. And to get us started... Talking a little bit about what is All Myths Are True, it is a pretty standard trip that can be taken kind of one of two ways in the urban fantasy sense, where it is the myths of our world are to some degree true. And that's when you see uh, Greek gods, werewolves, vampires in today's world, despite perhaps the perception of human society. And one of the other ways this can be taken is that the myths of a fantasy society, ones that are often set up as fairy tales, are true and this is revealed to the characters at some point. Some quick pop culture examples for our listeners who maybe to make it a little bit easier to think about, uh probably one of the most popular ones I'm super familiar with is the Percy Jackson series. Oh, well, of course, which hinges on the concept of the myths of various ancient deities being to some degree true they often aren't completely true there's some differences but for the most part for the purpose of the series the gods have continued to the modern day only they're no longer in the ancient world they are now prevalent in the u.s there is in some of the later books they get global but early on it's Focused on the United States.
2: I mean, pretty much all of Riordan's, uh works, excluding some other ones that I am barely aware of, are all in that concept. Those of you who have read the the I think the Carter Chronicles, which is like the Egyptian ones, and there's yes. I think I think he gets into uh, Norse mythology at some point.
0: Yeah, he does. I have actually all of those <laughs> oh, sitting all behind on me. the shelf back there, huh,
2: Maya. Goddamn,
3: this seems to be a pretty A particularly common way to use the trope, actually, Um, especially with either the Greek or the Norse pantheons, because I can think of uh, three other books and or series off the top of my head besides uh, Percy Jackson. Um, American Gods, of course. I was about to bring up American
2: Gods, but nobody else did. Um,
3: Yeah. Also, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul by Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, features the Norse gods um, and there's an urban fantasy series called the Iron Druid Chronicles
0: I have heard about that I haven't read it yet um, yeah. I've heard a- mostly good things there's also
1: just DC and Marvel <laughs> who shamelessly uh, used them <laughs> yeah but
0: those are cringe and basic <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't think that, that Iron
3: Druid handles all myths are true quite as well as the Dresden Files does. does but it does it better than Harry Potter
0: um, (laughs) I've enjoyed it (laughs) There's also The Blackwell Pages by KL Armstrong, it's much more of a um, youth series Mm. and that one deals with Norse mythology, as well as Legendborn by Tracy Dion which we've mentioned early on in the series and that deals with Arthurian legend
2: We also mentioned uh, DC, more specifically at least for me personally since I've read most of it Also, some of Neil Gaiman's works in the Vertigo comics, especially things like Lucifer, and I don't think they're in Vertigo, but Sandman as well deal with these concepts. It gets a little bit sticky when, uh, uh, especially since the uh, Lucifer Vertigo comics deal with Abrahamic mythology, which is kind of sticky.
0: Yeah, (laughs) um... I don't think we mentioned the Dresden files, actually. We, 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 we it was mentioned I, it
2: I was? mentioned
3: it in passing.
2: It's I, I have
0: short attention span. Um
2: Say it ain't so
3: <laughs> I only mentioned it to compare in, in comparison to the Iron Druid Chronicles, so. Well
0: it is it does also do this, as well as the series by Jim Butcher's son, James J. Butcher. Uh his book Dead Man's Hand, the second book in that series is coming out soon, I think. Uh kinda also fills this role.
2: Alright, so now that we've listed pretty much every fantasy novel that's come out in the last twenty years.
0: Yeah, what uh <laughs> what aspects of this trope do we want to talk about? <laughs> um well, Wiffled mentioned a little bit about getting sticky, and I have in the notes, um I believe I wrote it down as be careful of haraleighing it. Yep, it's right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because some of these mythologies as we are referring to them are still people's beliefs and something that as writers if you want to use this trope which I do, I love this trope. It is one of my favorite tropes. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful to be respectful to people's beliefs and not be denigrating um Rick Riordan actually ran into this issue with his Percy Jackson books earlier on where he was somewhat disrespectful of beliefs that are still practiced today uh I believe the offerings Mm, I think there's kind of some inappropriate humor around it I recall seeing some stuff about yeah this was not something great you want to avoid doing that be be mindful that these are people's beliefs, and whether or not it seems real to you, they believe it. So,
1: I don't know what you mean.
0: I'm going to offend all the
2: Christians. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm all for offending Christians because I'm one of them. But the that that is something I've mentioned, especially with uh, the the Lucifer now the TV series and also the comics at large but other uh shows and especially comic books also deal with this a lot uh, uh the supernatural series comes to mind even though I haven't watched all of it it deals with it uh in a rather interesting manner and I believe it's not it's not brought up entirely explicitly but it's implied in passing in American gods that In addition to, you know, the main gods of that book, I think Jesus is mentioned to exist somewhere on the planet in that book, if I'm remembering correctly. But it does get sticky, especially when you start dealing with uh, uh, major religions. I think a lot of uh, recent Western series have come under fire for using, quote, Hindu mythology which is, you know, the major belief system of a lot of people still today and has been since, you know, damn near the dawn of history. So Maya is correct. Being especially mindful of cultures that you yourself are not a part of and belief systems you are not intensely familiar with. Speaking for myself, I obviously deal a lot with... Uh, christian mythology because i was raised that way so i'm more familiar with it and but doing anything with any other sort of thing you really really have to be careful really do your research first off and really just consider every step you make there
1: yeah you're north americans you're not allowed to touch my my (laughs) prophetic mythology stay away (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah on a bit of a serious note be very careful because some people take major offense even if you're not doing something offensive
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like hmm. and very many people are far less careful so at least if you're you know being careful and mindful of it you're already doing better than jk rowling so you know yeah
3: I'm recalling our episode on acceptable targets, and I think Christianity, out of all religions, is probably the only one that's a general acceptable target.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially for, you know, anybody living in a Western society or culture. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, who are you going to make mad? The Pope? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so.
2: Yeah. I really hope not. That guy's supposed to be peaceful or something. Always mad. Pope's mad
1: <laughs> so uh
3: beyond this this issue of acceptable targets i think there's some other issues with uh quote-unquote rowlinging it
1: <laughs> oh yeah being uh, being a, a slightly above average rider for a period of time <laughs> and and then cashing in on that for the entire life <laughs> i'm still salty that um goblet of fire beat uh beat storm swords Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm salty for you, George. But George, finish that book, please. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're talking about Rowling in, what way? Are we talking about how she she said, oh, yeah, Merlin was a wizard. (laughs) Just casually drop that in. Dude was a wizard.
0: It's important to do research in addition to being kind of sensitive, because a lot of what you may think you know, especially growing up in a Western nation. Like, I grew up with Percy Jackson series. Uh, I'm that young. And the versions of the Greek gods contained within are very, very different from the... I almost I don't want to say true mythological versions because the mythos there is very fractured and different across different locations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it would be very irresponsible and negligent of me to just operate from the kind of the, the kids version of the Greek gods because I, <laughs> I was kind of into Greek mythology as a kid because of the Percy Jackson series, and so I got, I have a few books on them, but from what I know now as an adult, I know those books are really not great um i think it's because when you think about
1: like a lot of what does you know get these old myths are true it's obviously mostly norse and greek and they get adapted because these religions these like sort of these mythologies they're not practiced widely anymore and it, and it's acceptable to do so because you're not offending any that's sort of just the idea, right? And so if you can't offend someone by saying, this, you know, Loki is written this way, but I'm going to write Loki this way. I'm going to write four this way. Uh, you know, Poseidon, you know, or Zeus. I'm going to write them this way. Because ultimately you're, you know, you're making fiction at the end of the day. And people mm-hmm. don't get offended at that. You're not presenting it as fact or, like, whatever. It's like, I don't think, you know, people were up in arms about the Disney Hercules
0: movie. (laughs) You know, how how dare James Woods be Hades? (laughs) Like, I mean, I I was molding a little bit when I watched it the last time I watched it. Yeah, but you're Maya.
2: (laughs) I find it interesting because there is, like... It's not exactly one for one, but there is actually... In religious and cultural context, like an actual existing real world version of the all myths are true. And that uh, especially I'm most familiar with this, but especially in uh, uh, Roman times and later during Roman Catholic stuff, uh, uh, cultures adopting or being subsumed into Christendom or Rome would have their be- their beliefs and cultural heroes, and in some cases, gods subsumed into the greater whole. Uh, The greatest examples I can think of is things like uh, uh, Gallic or uh, Celtic gods being subsumed and equated with Roman ones saying that, yeah, your myths are true, but they're misrepresentations or fractured ideas of a greater whole to make a a greater mythscape that these myths are true, these religions are true, but they're they're, they're, uh, also ours. So I find that interesting that it finds, even in the real world, we equate and all myths are true with a greater cultural landscape.
1: But I don't think we've, you know, we've been talking about this topic. Have we establish what rolling in it is and given a specific example of <laughs> or are you just using uh this sort of uh you know uh adjective <laughs> or like a descriptor of rolling in it
0: yeah. I-, I was mostly just kind of using it as an adjective for being uh-uh. <laughs> insensitive when writing yeah, I think that's just the end of the sentence there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it, yeah. there doesn't need to be. Like game.
1: you don't have an exact <laughs> That's why that's why uh
0: we need to vet by scripts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'll put things in there like trongle simply because they make me laugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: But what we're talking about is like when we talk about Rowling's offensive writing, I don't think we're explicitly talking about how she takes like mythology miss where really Rowling's more insensitive about stuff that happened way later like world war ii or, oh <laughs> or just God. naming her schools
2: good golly <sighs> there are a few examples um i don't recall the very exact but i do remember especially when i started scrutinizing her works more after you know uh, not being a child anymore i do remember <laughs> hearing a lot of things about uh especially mythological creatures uh mm-hmm. and um uh, uh like almost what's the what's the word i'm looking for essentially like other cultural representations of magic users being very flattened western views of these Creatures and or to hesitate using a tabletop RPG term classes. (laughs) Uh, uh, I I think some I remember at least once somebody writing a very very long think piece about how rolling is terrible at writing druids. But I would have to that was that was probably around ten years ago. I would have to do some digging to find that, (laughs) and it's probably bad.
1: Yeah, rolling is definitely like God. It's that world is like just built for wizard supremacy. <laughs> like, some <laughs> like wizards are the best, they're better than humans, they're better than all other magical creatures, too. It's like wild. <laughs> yeah, man, the United I... States
2: has a problem with wizard supremacy as well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Jokes about the KKK aside. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's also the really easy low-hanging fruit of going after owling and insensitivity goblins. I mean <laughs> oh, yes, <no?
1: laughs> we are all quite aware It's problems that were just exacerbated by <laughs> the uh video game storyline. And ultimately, you know, you look at house cells as well up the these are tired tropes that people have talked about so much. Like, we, we can't be this dead horse. The, <laughs> the horse is in the dust at this point. <laughs> so, uh, how about we
0: move on to. Uh, yeah, let, on let's stop topic. making blue.
2: We've beaten this horse so much, and we're just about to start splitting atoms, bud.
0: <laughs> we'll save our Oppenheimer moment for later.
2: Uh, <laughs> God,
0: I still need to see that movie.
2: <laughs> you do. Great movie. Saw it in IMAX. Incredible stuff.
0: There are a couple. One of the things I want to talk about was "Seed of Truth" versus "Literal." Uh, two applications for kind of the more urban fantasy takes on "All Myths Are True," which obviously I highlighted because big urban fantasy fan here.
2: Wait, really? Damn! I went to phone.
0: A shocker. I know. In works such as the Dresden Files. It's much more of a seed of truth approach in that there is some element of quote-unquote truth to the mythology, but things are a little bit different than the way we remember them. And then other works, and I'm I'm struggling to name one at the moment that's more literal, I believe probably Legend, Barn, and Percy Jackson are kind of more along the literal route where a lot of these things that happen, they're much more supposedly direct with less um corruption of time and memory
2: uh I think percy Jackson uh, barring the fact that it is Percy Jackson in it it's like outline series that is uh barring omissions for the sake of you know uh sensitivity towards especially young adults, given that they avoid most of the raunchier bits, especially Greek mythology um they they do take a pretty literal description of uh everything there uh does take like a lot of like some liberties with it and has caught flack for misrepresenting or taking liberties with uh such things but the they are pretty close i feel from what i recall
0: they're close to a couple of specific interpretations, and yeah. especially as the series gets longer, I think he gets better about it. Oh, yeah. Because the... Oh, I'm forgetting the name. But the second series that he oh. does, the second series of five uh, books.
2: the... Uh, d- 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 I yeah. want to say
0: Heroes of Olympus,
2: but... That's it, that's it, yeah. Okay. The so one where they start dealing with, like, Roman mythology, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, he deals with it a lot... More faithfully, I think, overall, from what I remember.
2: Yes. I mean, it, that one comes with... Obviously, he had years and years of practice and feedback. But also, I think, stepping into uh, the the more Roman mythology stuff, like I alluded to earlier, that Rome, Rome very explicitly modeled its gods after the Greek ones... So it takes on a form of polymorphism, where they uh, uh, he's able to make multiple things true at once. Kind of giving like giving some of the gods split personalities to make it uh, a little bit easier to say why some things that uh, are not one hundred percent agreed upon. Because like we've mentioned, uh, the major facets of Greek mythology happened over 2,000 years ago now, and we are looking back from an archaeological and anthropological perspective, making it very hard to piece together a, quote, canon for Greek mythology.
0: I mean, canons, even with more modern myths, are very difficult. Just look at tales of Paul Bunyan and Johnny Appleseed, Mm -hmm. which are, in terms of... Mythologies, with mythologies here meaning—and honestly, I should have defined this, like, 20 minutes ago. Mythologies just being tales about the world uh, of a certain culture. Those are, as far as they come, pretty darn recent. Oh, yeah. Being specifically Western American mythologies. uh, By Western, meaning the Western civilizations, the European settlers— I mean, just ask around, and you'll get different versions of each. And in some cases, there were, you know, they're recent enough that we can identify, I think in the case of Johnny Appleseed, we can actually identify a particular person who was the source of that myth.
2: hmm Yeah, that's an entire other thing. Mesh, in tall tales and uh, 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 folkloric stuff. We'd be here all day. <laughs> Paul Bunyan, tall tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is madness.
3: So, something something I just added to the script, because you didn't, even though you brought some of this stuff up right before the episode, is we've been talking about how this trope mainly gets used as a a way of telling stories that feature real-world cultural beliefs turning out to be factually true but there is another way of seeing um you can also use this trope um a layer deeper to have stories that have in world mythology that is believed to be myth by the people of the setting that turns out to be true and you brought this up with the way that Ruby, with Ruby, and the way that they use fairy tales.
0: Which uh, this is going to be spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen that series, but uh... so this is why Maya got me on this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, pr- I brought you on for American Gods. Okay, um... that, I mean that's also <laughs> so fair.
1: fans,
3: fans of the series may be aware that at a meta level, a lot of the characters are based off of um, fairy tales.
2: Fans like and haters Ruby.
3: Ruby is is based off of the, the fairy tale of Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. But in story, there's also this theme of fairy tales of the world of Remnant keep popping up and turning out to be true.
0: Brother
2: gods, the girl who fell for the world, the maidens. Oh, yeah, the maidens especially being, God, which one is that? Is that three or four, vo- the third or fourth volume? Um,
0: Maidens show up and volume one but i don't think they're explained until they are. Uh, it's volume volume three <laughs> uh
1: the maidens were created between volume two and three and then they made their first appearance in three
2: yes yeah but yeah the 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 story within a story being true is very very interesting i'm not good at writing it
0: it, it's particularly prevalent with Ruby, with the whole fairy tale theme of the mm. entire series. Uh, especially considering the newest volume.
3: Oh yeah, the it main really... cast
0: spent the entire volume reliving some of their fairy tales. It happens sometimes.
1: <laughs> you end up in a, a world you read about.
0: <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to me. I've. <laughs> I've run a lot of worlds, some of them I don't want to end up in.
2: Too bad. <laughs> Immediately, your sentence is transplanted into Warhammer 40k.
0: I've actually not read anything Warhammer 40k. God, I'm you're safe.
2: safe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> another another way this is used... Um, uh, okay, have any of you read any of the Dune novels? I have started. Yes, no. <laughs>
0: okay. I've also um, played the board game once. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: Bene Gesserit sort of do this deliberately to, uh, to, to kind of exploit this. They have this um, system called the Missionaria Protectiva where they go around the galaxy seeding myths and prophecies so that if they're ever in trouble they can um, fulfill the prophecy
1: making up bullshit so later you can use it. Yeah. Five d yep. chess.
3: It's 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 kind of a, a deliberate invocation of the all, all myths are true. Mm-hmm. Because we started the myth.
1: My my uh my favorite my favorite use of this is always uh, propaganda wise. Like you take like a myth or like something that happened a long time ago and you just like is that you're told how it went, and then you learn later? Yeah, that didn't happen that
2: way at all. I find that like that idea of like a uh, a prophecy specifically meant to be fulfilled, or one that is deliberately created in order to fulfill some sort of purpose. Interesting, because like on a on a on a strict level, like that is understandable in that myths and beliefs are. Part of cultures, so having uh, it almost. I, I assume you all are aware of what a topa is.
0: I'm actually not familiar with the term.
2: So, a, a, I I might be pr- pronouncing it incorrectly or misremembering the name. But as I understand it, a topa is a a creature or some sort of thing that exists because people believe in it. It's uh, I uh, the best example I can think of is in American Gods the uh, gods are, quote, dying because their belief systems are dying, because people believe in them less, or less people believe in them. Yes. Uh, Yeah, they're power scales with belief.
0: That is, in fact, um, I'm I'm guessing that's the correct pronunciation. I just Googled it. Uh, And that is also how it works in Dresden Files. I haven't read them.
2: You've been telling me to read them for, like, four years at this point.
0: And I'll keep doing it. They're good.
2: I think you in should fact, just drop them on my doorstep or something.
0: <laughs> I. What do you think I did?
2: Oh, shit, just steam dab them? Yes. Hey, give me a minute.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm good.
0: I'm, I'm pretty certain there's all 17 in uh, there. But uh, along those same
1: lines, there's also uh, Chainsaw Man, which operates on a similar way. But it's the more you fear something, the stronger that devil is.
2: Yes. The, that kind of uh, almost like subcategory of all myths are true is that like you know these all these myths are true because specifically we believe in them. and I believe this is also used in a hold on, let me read the script Watsonian sense. there we go. Uh, in um, its own or in their own self-contained worlds because i've also seen i think in some of the Discworld world books the gods explicitly exist only because people believe in them
3: oh yeah that's uh, uh that's a major plot point of of small gods yeah um the uh the the great god ohm um has a thriving religion But by the point of the story, he's only got one true believer, so he's only able to manifest as a small turtle.
0: Yeah. Great Mm, stuff.
2: But this is used to great effect, I feel, in a lot of things as its own, if you'll excuse the pun, self fulfilling prophecy of mythology. Because we believe it exists, they exist, and because they exist, we believe it.
1: My uh, my thing with prophecy is, uh, I, I go from sort of how I read George R. R. Martin stuff, where all prophecy is bullshit. <laughs> you don't believe any of it. You ever seen me writing a prophecy? Just know it's all bullshit. There's <laughs> <laughs> people making up stuff, people misinterpreting stuff, people just playing in it wrong, but saying they were right. That's prophecy.
2: <laughs> it's beautiful, really.
0: that's come to bite us in the ass in your D &D game (laughs) all prophecy is wrong
2: just for that maya i'm putting a prophecy in the rogues gallery oh no it's gonna be absolutely (laughs) incorrect 100 but you're gonna be looking for it in every corner
0: paranoia time All right, what are some of our we, we've listed a lot of them. What are some that are particularly our favorites and why?
2: American Gods, baby. Sorry, that shit's always great. But like I said, the, the that topic adjective, whatever. That uh that scenario in which the gods need us is a very entertaining concept to me. And it's probably entertaining because I grew up in a Catholic household. But the idea that the gods literally cannot exist without us because they we fuel them, we give them their powers, is a very interesting avenue because it gives powerlessness to things that we usually look to or have historically looked to in for power.
0: Yeah, I think for similar reasons, probably my favorite use of this is the Dresden Files because it's the... These are these massive, terrifying, world-shaping deities, but they also need us. They can't completely f**k us all over, because if they do, they f**k themselves over, too.
1: <laughs> um, my favorite would be um, from ancients, uh, Ancient Maguspride. Uh, their depiction of... It's a complicated name, but... uh, Cardphilius? The Wandering Jew? Uh, It's a very interesting take, and Injured Magsbride delves into a lot of other mythology around Fae, and so on, to see it, uh, you know, depict this character who has quite a sympathetic uh, sympathetic backstory, uh, (laughs) who is, you know, cursed because... He insulted Jesus during his crucifixion. <laughs> Wild.
2: Honestly, he's based for this one.
1: <laughs> Speaking of
3: myths about the Fae being true, um, I can't believe that this is the first time on Fantasy Month I'm bringing up this book. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I have not heard of this.
0: I believe I've heard of it. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think... Probably because, because I have before.
3: plugged this to you before... Hmm in our production meetings. Wait, are you telling me that Maya's been Maya'd? Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is an alternate history urban fantasy novel? Question mark? It's set in Napoleonic-era England um, where magic is coming back. Uh, and the the titular characters uh, of uh, Mr. Norrell and Jonathan Strange are the two magicians who are at the head of bringing it back. And there's a whole bunch of stuff about um, fairy mythology in there. It's one of the few novels that that um, has survived me moving to the continent and back. <laughs> Shipping books is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> But that is one of the ones that I kept.
2: Gonna have to look that up. That sounds actually like, downright fascinating. After it I does. read all 17 million books in the Dresden Files, or before Maya murders me.
3: <laughs> I will say it is a large volume. Um, the word count of, of it might actually be comparable to the entire Dresden Files.
2: Oh, gee Wow. Okay.
3: Okay, that uh, might be exaggerated,
2: that
0: but... <laughs> that's... That...
2: That's only it's, about two million words, yeah, that's hefty. Go to golly,
0: all right, and to close out this episode, do we have any additional advice on top of our um encouragements for sensitivity and careful research from earlier in the episode?
2: I wanted to state it earlier, but like the the best assurance I myself have, and I offer to anybody else. Delving into this sort of thing is, you know, do your due diligence, like do your good research, and if you if you have access to it, consult with you know people who directly are associated like with the, the the culture or belief in question. But expending that effort and that like people knowing you expended that effort does wonders in terms of actually uh, assuaging sensitivity especially if they know that like you're actually putting in the effort to try not to rallying this shit it it makes it feel much much better when you get it wrong because they won't they they know it's not from a place of complete ignorance or defiance it's a genuine mistake
0: yeah that is um a little bit different but quasi-related one of the things that makes rowling not rowling f- <sighs> t- there's too many r named authors it's and r named people when i was a child i would confuse richard nixon and ronald reagan um I mean they both ours screw with me. Those <laughs> are the same uh,
2: people, actually. Fun fact.
0: <laughs> 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 Not again. Um but Rick Riordan, he has kind of oh, I don't I don't want to say bot, but that's the nearest word I can think of at the moment. Some understanding from the ADHD community. Because while he has made some fucky wucky mistakes he does them out of a genuine attempt to be inclusive and tell stories that feature near and individuals and Oh yes. That's more than like anyone else is doing right now. Yeah,
2: that's he's tried more than most people.
0: I I actually genuinely can't remember another case of like okay narrative virgin rap from my childhood.
2: From my childhood, I can't. I think I would have to dig up the interview, but I seem to remember that Pratchett implied that, the, that Adam, uh, the kid in Good Omens, is implied to be uh, at least ADHD, if not on the spectrum. I could see it. Um,
0: but that, that, is, that is a bit of a uh, tangent. Uh, see who ADHD talking hour. All right, if we have nothing else, Ian, do we have anything in the mailbag today?
3: No new mail this week. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners. Um, it always uh, makes our day, if not week. Uh, so it makes if, a week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to give us serotonin, um, please write to us at fanfictiontapes at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our YouTube channel, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Um, You can also get us uh, at the site formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Maya, do we have anything
0: over there? We do not have anything in our inbox there. I am monitoring that most days, including when I'm camping, Uh, We are at Fanfiction Tapes, capital F, capital T, on Twitter. And we will be there for uh, as long as it remains, like, functional and operational, which may only be for another couple days.
2: Leave us a fun message about how much you hate that whiffled guy, and you really don't want him to be on here ever again.
0: I can print it out and
2: paste it on his door. Oh my (laughs) god, I would actually frame that and put that on my wall. Somebody please do that, thank
0: you. Uh, before we go, Wiffelt, do you have any works or
2: anything you would like to promote of your own? No, not particularly. You're not allowed to find me, sorry. I'm woefully unqualified for anything we, I just talked about today.
3: <laughs> yes, but when has that stopped any of us?
2: So true, bestie. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I am and have been Maya, and I was joined by... I am and always will be, Dylan.
2: I'm very (laughs) temporarily whiffled.
3: And I am
0: Ian. Until next time, bye!